Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. In the 1980s, slasher movies were all the rage and horror. You had Halloween. You had Friday the 13th. But then something quite a bit different would come along. Today, we're going to review the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Welcome in, welcome in, everybody, to another Hometown Ghost Stories horror movie review. Today, we are reviewing one of our, believe it or not, one of our most requested movies in the Discord, in the emails. And then once they found out that Jesse had never seen this movie, people were salivating to hear this review. I am joined, as always, by Jesse Wilkins. Hello. And by Dave Wilkins. What's going on? Excited to review this one. Yes. So, Jesse, it's not a knock by any means. We've talked about this in the beginning. You weren't a big horror movie fan up until recently. You had never seen this movie. Are you happy you finally got this one off the bucket list? Well, I actually didn't watch it. So this is going to be a weird review. Good. <laughs> Good. No, I'm kidding. I did. Of course I did. <laughs> I am happy I saw it. It's one of those movies that I always thought that I watched. I was like, yeah, of course I've seen that. Of course I have. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then as we continue to talk about it, I'm like, you know, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen it. Not once. And well, uh, it's, it's so pop, pop culture heavy, right? Where it's just, you know, Freddy Krueger, you've seen so many clips of them that, Growing up, you're like, I must have seen this movie. And it just because of seeing so many visuals of them, it's like, oh, wait, I actually haven't seen this movie. I can kind of understand how that happened. We're going to jump into it. But before we do, Dave, can you give us a synopsis? I can. A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. In Wes Craven's classic slasher film, several Midwestern teenagers fall prey to Freddy Krueger, a disfigured midnight mangler who preys on the teenagers in their dreams, which in turn kills them in reality. After investigating the phenomenon, Nancy begins to suspect that a dark secret kept by her and her friend's parents may be the key to unraveling the mystery. But can Nancy and her boyfriend, Glenn, solve the puzzle before it's too late? So this is debatably one of the most iconic Wes Craven slashers. It could be the most iconic, definitely up there. Typically, I don't, first of all, I don't know if I consider this a slasher. I've said that this before. It's, it's, I'm not, I'm on the fence about it because he definitely slashes. He has the tools for slash. He does some slashing, but this for me fits more into like the psychological horror realm. Yeah. It's definitely at least a hybrid of the two. And typically I don't like the dream premise for horror movies because there's no rules. They kind of just do whatever they want. Sometimes you don't know whether or not you're watching a dream sequence or real life. And a lot of times they do that intentionally to trick you. And it just always feels so cheap to me when when they, it's just too easy, right? To, to, to present a, a ridiculous situation 
because it's a dream. So it, I usually don't like it. This is one of the exceptions. I really like this because the dream premises that are set up are so unique and terrifying. And they they do a good job, I think, separating the dreams from the not dreams up until the end. But we Establishing the rules. So to your point, other movies that have dreams, there's no rules. But there are very specific rules which get a little crazy as the sequels go on but you're setting up a set of rules for how powerful he is in dreams and how not powerful he is outside of dreams correct yes exactly and this movie did a really good job separating separating them and they used it they worked it in really nicely to make just absolute terrifying situations the dreams were so scary in this and the the, the main thing about this movie which i think is the scariest part of it is the fact that he kills you in your dreams and therefore you have to stay awake, which is impossible. Right. So you have these people in this situation where they're forced to try and stay awake, which is a scary situation in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Jesse, why don't you go ahead and hit us with your initial thoughts of this movie being a fresh set of eyes on it? It was a fresh set of eyes. My eyes are the freshest of all three of us. I was watching it and I was so pleasantly surprised. I thought this movie kicked ass yeah. from the get-go. It was such a cool con. I mean, I knew what the concept was. Don't go to sleep. Freddie's going to get you. I knew about the song. Didn't know Johnny Depp was in this movie. <laughs> I texted you guys like 15 minutes into the movie. I'm like, am I looking at Johnny Depp here? Yeah. <laughs> and Dave's like, yeah. It's like his first like legit movie. I was like, holy shit. He looks so different. He was so young. And he did great in the movie. So good act, good acting job right off the bat. Uh, this was so much different than slashers. So the acting was good. It made sense. There was a plot. They established characters. There was character development. Mm -hmm. Off the bat, I like this better than Friday the 13th. I like it better than Halloween movies. I this so far, just going off the first movie, it's my favorite, it's my favorite out of the three. So strap in because some of the later ones are not as good. <laughs> It was it was so cool. It was really cool the way that they they did everything. I was so blown away by the practical effects that they used and a lot of these even the special effects. I mean, they, they're obviously not CGI, but the, the the effects that they did in this movie were not corny for the most part. There were some that were like that's goofy, like the tongue coming out of the phone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so there there was a few moments where I I, I chuckled, but for the most part. It was it was amazing. I mean, like the fact that they were able to pull this off in 1984. I mean, they clearly must have filmed a few scenes with the room built upside down. Yeah, that was pretty obvious. But at the was, same I think time, it was actually a rotating room. I watched the documentary years and years ago. I think it was a rotating room, or a, this might be the one they built right upside down. There's a great documentary on it. Yeah, though. I think I've actually seen that documentary. Leave it to me to watch the documentary about the movie, and not actually watch the movie. <laughs> but that's just kind of the kind of person I am. But the. Uh, Everything was so was so cool about this movie. I mean, like, like the first real attack that you saw where – I don't even know if it was the first, but the first scene that blew me away was when she's getting attacked in her sleep mm -hmm. and th this is the first girl to die. And she's pulled up on the walls and she's in the corner and the guy wakes up and he's like, what the hell's going on here? Such an insane scene. It was gory. The blood didn't look fake. It looked – it just was a terrifying scene. And it, 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 the dream sequences were so cool. Everything about this movie, I I loved this. I loved it. Now I I understand that 
all of these franchises get real wacky <laughs> over time. But this one off the bat absolutely crushed it. So I think Go ahead. I just, one, one thing, because you made a point about uh, how Johnny Depp was so young in this. And I think that that's one major positive about this movie is you have high school kids and they ca- they got the casting right because these actually looked like high school kids, whereas you have so many slashers where they're supposed to be high school kids and they all look like they're people in their late 20s, early 30s. And it's just never, never feels right. This one they did. They actually looked like high school kids. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Most of them. The overly aggressive boyfriend. But I, I don't think through. he was a high school kid. I think he was like the slightly older boyfriend that hung around. Like that's the way I interpret him. Or maybe he did go to school with him. I don't know. That's just the way that I I felt about him. But regardless, yes, they looked a lot younger. So I think I'm on record as saying this is my favorite slasher, right? Like I, I love Nightmare on Elm Street, even though I know I've seen the Friday the 13th movies more. And I think the only reason I've seen Friday the 13th movies more is because there's like a day associated with them, right? So it's like, it's Friday the 13th. I should watch a Friday the 13th movie. And I think that's why I've seen more of those. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy watching them for no, numerous different reasons. Ones that I like, ones that I hate, ones that Rob, are just terrible. You sleep every day. Every day. You go to sleep. Don't we all? That means you could watch Nightmare on Elm Street every day. Because I, I don't know if you recall this, Jesse, but there was a stretch earlier in the year that I didn't sleep for three days. So <laughs> that's a thing that happened this year. So just to, all the more oh, reason to watch Nightmare on Elm Street. Right? I should have. I should have. Step it up. Yeah. I, I think Freddy Krueger is such a unique villain in the quote unquote slasher first he's not wearing a mask even though he still looks terrifying with the, with the bird marks and this movie he he does have a good look but they kind of perfect it a little bit more in the next coming two or two movies or so he looks even better robert england is amazing as freddy krueger it's he's so good that the problem is recasting him it's happened one time people didn't like it and I don't even think the performance in that movie was so bad. We'll talk about that another time. But he became iconic playing this role. Freddy Krueger became iconic because of Robert England. To your point, all of the kids in this movie, for the most part, great actors and actresses. Nancy is one of the best final girls we will ever have on screen. And she might not even get enough credit sometimes. I know she gets brought up. But Nancy, the final girl, Nancy, because of what you said, Jesse, because there's character development with this, like just she goes from like this timid teenage girl to this badass who creates this whole Home Alone sequence before Home Alone even came out. Right. So she, she's just got this great development throughout the movie. That is important, though, because every time something like this happens in a movie where they start setting up all the traps, Legos on the stairs, matchbox cars that didn't happen in this movie, but like, you know, tie in a sledgehammer so it'll come down and bunk in the belly. Like anytime this shit is happening, I'm like, this is so stupid. They're doing a Home Alone thing again. They're doing Home Alone again. When it happens before Home Alone, you realize, okay, Home Alone was doing the Nightmare on Elm Street thing. (laughs) That's pretty cool, actually. So it was a bunch of little traps that really didn't work. I mean, I I love the idea of stuffing explosives into a light bulb would it work i don't know but it was a cool idea 
and it obviously none of this worked to completely stop him. But what it, it's just such a cool. I just appreciate the fact that there was a reason for him to be attacking these folks. There was a reason for these things happening. It was targeted. There was an actual story behind the killer. The the fact that everything tied together was was awesome. And there were rules. There were rules that were established and. That I I just appreciate that more in a movie when it especially when you compare it to the other slashers of this generation. And everything you said earlier, the practical effects when he's coming out of the wall, mm. right? Like that is a scary scene today. Like just the the image of that, and this goes back to our investigation of the SK Pierce mansion. That's was the first thing I thought of when I saw the plastic move. I'm like, this just the way this is creeping me out. The only visual I can compare it to is Nightmare on Elm Street. And then to watch it again, I'm like, yeah, that's why I thought that because I'm watching this now and it's something you don't forget. But it's not the only thing in this movie. To your point, the the kill on the ceiling, the glove in the tub is iconic. That mm-hmm. whole scene is an iconic shot. Uh, the Johnny Depp kill, him going into the bed is an iconic. There's a lot of imagery in this movie that is just so stunning 30 almost 40 years later and and i think it shows why practical effects i don't want to be that like you know beat down the this point with like practical effects are better than cgi effects but it just looks so much grittier so much more real with everything that they did in this movie now the 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 tongue scene, you get that one. That one's kind of terrible. And the only other like nitpick I have in that respect is we have this terrifying character. And the first time we see him fully revealed is with the long extended arms. Long arms. So it's the, like, long arms the long arms didn't hit, but the idea is terrifying. Yeah. The idea yeah. is terrifying, but like for his first appearance. Yeah. They, they should have done a reg like you should have seen what he's meant to look like for his first appearance. And I guarantee if you talk to Wes Craven after this movie came out, that's probably something he would have want back where like he might, might still want to do that idea. But I think you'd want to showcase Freddy Krueger before. Sure. That. Or that's a scenario where CGI would have came in handy because. Right. It was just clearly Literally. just like mechanically extending. It was yeah. <laughs> really yeah. awkward. Yeah. I was like, well, this isn't, this isn't quite working the way they meant it to, but it was. But, like, it, but it goes right into the face ripoff, right? Like, so, it, like, which was like a whole scarish scene. I just, I love everything about this movie. It was cool. It, it slid off so easily. It was as if it was burned skin coming off of the face. I actually, I really liked that scene. That was cool. Yeah. Another scene I really liked was when the mother's like, yeah, we're just going to take you to get your dreams analyzed. And they put mm-hmm. her down. It felt like a sense of security, like a sense of safety. You're like, well, there's all these people watching. So he's going to, he's not going to do it right now. Right. And she's going to seem like a crazy person, but no, they saw all this stuff that was nuts. And I loved, this is such an important scene because in that scene, she snatched his hat off, I guess, in her dream. And she wakes up and she's got the tiny claw marks. I thought they could have done better with that. Cause they were really small. Looked like a, deep scratch from a kitten, but thought it should have been a little spaced out a little bit more, but either way, um, the important part was that's when you get the, the, 
the reveal that you can take things out of this nightmare realm and take them into the into reality. So that's when mm-hmm. she comes up with her plan of I'm going to grab this motherfucker and when I wake up I'm going to have him here and then we'll we'll kill him when he gets here. So I actually liked that the uh wound that she came out of that dream with wasn't like a like a trademark Freddy slash wound that it was just some sort of obscure wound because you didn't see that this is the only dream attack that you don't see. You just see her reacting to it. So you don't know what's happening in the dream. And then when she comes out with this weird wound, you're like, Ooh, I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened that we didn't get to see. And they kind of left it ambiguous, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a good point about the hat. It's just everything in this movie makes sense. Right. It just, it's one of these slasher movies. Like most of the slasher movies you watch and you're like, a lot of this is nonsensical. It doesn't add up. This person wouldn't do this. For her to take the hat out and then devise a plan based around that just feels like so many other movies wouldn't do that. They would just be setting up for dumb luck victories, basically, more so than anything. Go in there with a silver bullet or... You know, we have to do an exorcism. That's pretty much how these movies usually try to wrap it up. Right. One of the other moments that made me chuckle was Thick Boy, Thick Boy Freddy. I don't know if you remember this, but when he was on fire and it was so clearly a dude <laughs> in a fire suit, yeah. all of a sudden this dude is just just chonky as hell. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> he's just lumbering up the stairs just on fire. But this is, these are practical effects. He legitimately had a person on fire. Yeah. Was he all of a sudden fat and wearing a very obvious what do you even call those burn suits or whatever? Yes. But yeah. how else are you going to light a guy on fire? Flame resistant suit. Yeah. yeah. I like the way that they, uh, they crafted some of these nightmares because a lot of them felt like real nightmare situations. You know how people have similar nightmares, like you're running from somebody, but you're running in slow motion. I feel like they kind of incorporated that when she was running way up the stairs and she steps into the stair and her oh, foot sinks in. Yeah. It really made you feel like you're in that, room running from a killer and you're running as slow as possible and it was i thought that was really well done just a lot of the dream sequences i thought were really good really scary situations i i also liked how stuff in the dreams didn't make sense in the terms of because when you're dreaming a lot of shit in your dreams just make no sense at all and what stands out to me is the dream where she's going to where Nancy's going to the police station to see the guy that's in jail. Um, And as she goes outside, her boyfriend, Johnny Depp's out there. And he just like, for no reason at all, steps behind like a tree out of sight. And he's like, what the hell is he doing? I know. Like, it just, it it just felt so weird. And you're like, but it's a dream. So, but it felt so accurate. The, another one was when the, uh, when she's in school and all the weird things start happening in classroom when she fell asleep. Mm -hmm. It's so funny how like they, they absolutely nailed that randomness that you see in dreams. Reminds me of that Mitch Hedberg joke where, uh, he's like, I, I hate dreams because when I want to sleep, I just want to sleep. And a dream is like, well, now I got to do stuff. I don't want to do stuff. It's like I lay down and I close my eyes and I'm resting. I'm like, yeah, I'm asleep. And all of a sudden now I got to build a sandcastle with my landlord. (laughs) (laughs) Just like nailed it. So I thought was, was so much better done than another movie that we reviewed recently was when after her friend dies and she's like seeing her 
from time yeah, to time. I was going to bring this There up was a too. scene where she's in school, I think, and her body's laying there and her feet get picked up and she, her body starts getting dragged. This scene was done in Last Shift, mm-hmm. but it was so bad in Last Shift. This is one of the ones that we laughed about because you just had this body sliding across the floor, but it wasn't yeah. like, you know, this one clearly looked like a ghost or somebody was picking up its legs and dragging it. And that was fine. It was a good, it was very well done. It's actually a terrifying scene in, in, in Nightmare. In yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street. On the other movie, it was just goofy as hell. You just had this yeah. body bag just sliding across the floor like a caterpillar. And you're like, this is so funny. That was not what you got in this movie. They nailed it in this movie. I don't know. Want to get into some possible negatives? I have two. Two possible negatives in this movie. So maybe we can fight a little bit. Uh, I think Freddy Krueger is flawed, which is why I don't have him as my number one slasher. I think that he's a flawed character in the way that he was written. He was written, his backstory is, his original backstory was that he was supposed to be a child molester who was abducting kids, bringing them to this boiler room and assaulting them. And then the the parents retaliated, burned him to death, and now he haunts their kids' nightmares. They scrapped that. In this one, because there was an actual case going around Los Angeles at the time of something similar happening, and they didn't want the two things to be associated. But then they brought it back in Freddy or not, in a Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it was ten. They actually brought that premise back and ran with it. So this is this is the character they intended on on presenting you with, which it's a villain, whatever. That's his back, villainous backstory. But then they proceeded to make Freddy Krueger into this like really quirky, likable, funny with his one liners, just likable character. And I feel like that was so conflicting where I was never like, it's like I never really liked that about Freddy Krueger. I thought it was a really sloppy way to write that villain. Okay, but you only see shades of that in this. Right. So the two, so I'm looking at it as a whole, I guess, to be. I guess this, would, yeah, this couldn't necessarily I, be a negative about this particular movie because I guess it doesn't really apply to this one. But, you know, we're talking about Freddy Krueger, so I want to talk about him. As a whole. I get mm. it as a whole, and it gets real quirky when we start to get further down. But for this particular movie, he stays dark, mm. like, throughout the entire movie. I think he only has, like, 10 minutes of screen time. It's one of the facts that I looked up. Another fun fact, the Freddy Krueger is named after a bully from Wes Craven's childhood. Oh, so, I, love, I love when directors do stuff like that. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. Um, I, I have... What a, what a move, though. Like, guess what? Now you're a child-killing, child-molester. Yeah. <laughs> going to turn you into the worst thing possible. That's what you get uh, for stuffing me in a locker. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I mean, I I said the one negative about the arms. It's not even like a huge negative. I just don't think that should have been the way he was originally introduced. And that's overly nitpicky. The other slight negative I have, and Jesse, you're better apt to tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. I love the score. You love the score? Loved loved the score. I saw it. I felt it was off. Like I liked the song they were using, but I felt like, I don't know. It just felt like it was missing something and it didn't feel iconic. Like some other slasher movies. That's the thing is, is with, with the music aspect, it was right off the bat. I liked it. There were some scenes where it could have been better, but when you're coming off of watching Friday the 13th and Halloween, where those are undeniably, the best horror movie scores of all time. 
Right. This one falls a little bit flat, but overall it was scored just fine in my opinion. I personally like this one better than Friday the 13th score. I thought it was, this one gave more of a creepy, I I felt like I was watching a Halloween movie, not Halloween, the franchise, but like Halloween, the season, the holiday, right? It just felt more like I was watching a spooky October movie rather than, uh, I don't know, like a summertime slasher, like, mm-hmm. like, uh, like I can Friday see that. 13th is. I can see that. But overall, I thought it was scored well. I will say with this movie, it's just another movie that can make you appreciate technology and the advancements that we have where we have all these songs on our phone, entertainment right on our phone. Meanwhile, Johnny Depp has to put an entire fucking TV set on his lap while laying in bed. <laughs> oh my God, I was like, dude, that looks heavy. God damn, Johnny. <laughs> it was, what's so funny about that is he's doing the exact same thing we all do. We just have it on this much smaller yeah. device now. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's funny. Yeah. I had another negative. My other negative is I thought the ending was sloppy and I didn't like the ending really at all. I thought it was, I, I thought it could have been done way better when when they when the police go in and she's running trying to find freddie and the fiery footprints are going up the stairs and she runs up and she sees the flaming freddie on on top of the mother there and then i thought they blew it by having the cop come in and seeing the mothers get sucked into the bed which i thought was it could have been cool but it looked cheesy and i thought i thought it would way better if when the when the father came in he just saw the flaming mother, didn't see Freddie, and really just thought his daughter was so insane that she lit her own mother on fire. And then, like, it didn't really end there. The, the next sequence was where, with Freddie standing up in the bed or emerging out of the bed under the sheet, which I thought was really cool, really scary looking. And then they just went, like, you. this is where you didn't have a, a definite, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I missed something, you don't know whether it's a dream or not. You're like, is it a dream? Is it not a dream? All of our friends and mother's back. And they drive off. Where the fuck are we? What is what is what is this? This is it. Just they, they had it. They had it so nicely distinguishable up until this point. And I thought the end was just muddy and and. So I can actually explain this a little bit. This was a rushed together ending for the movie because the original ending was not universally liked, and the Which way I, read, I probably would have liked it. <laughs> Well, it was it was just very nothing. It was Nancy wakes up, her mother's still alive. She says goodbye to her. She's like on her way to school or something, and there's like a mist outside. And she basically just walks into the mist as she's walking down the sidewalk or road, disappears, and the movie's over. Yeah, I would have hated that. That would have been the original. Yeah, I also didn't love this ending because it broke all the rules that you've already established. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the big problem with that ending. But it was a rushed together ending that they wrote and shot very quickly. And it it is the biggest problem with the movie. Hands down, it's the biggest problem with the movie. There's other ways to do it, but I think it was sequel baiting too. I think like they, A, had to rush the ending. B, wanted to make sure that you knew that Freddie still had a chance of coming back for another movie if it did well enough. And it wasn't great for the ending, but it's know. so weird. It's so weird to see actors like, like Johnny Depp in this. Now it's, this is one of the biggest horror movies of all time. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's an A-list actor who's been in hundreds of movies since then, but it doesn't still feel like, like you're selling Johnny Depp short. You're like, Oh, what's he doing this movie for? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> but it's like, dude, it's one of the biggest horror movies of all time. Probably because he's not, 
typically in horror movies now. He did Sleepy Hollow. I don't know. Did we review Sleepy Hollow? We yeah. didn't. We, we didn't. didn't. And he was in, uh, I forgot the name of it. He, he was, was in Secret a, Window. Secret Window was great. Yeah, love that movie. Okay, so he didn't necessarily get away from the genre, but it's not really what you think of when you think of Jack Sparrow or something like that. I don't know. It's weird to see him Sweetie, in this movie. But... Sweeney Todd. True, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's been in a few. A lot of those Edward, I mean, Edward Scissorhands, you know, horror adjacent. And and just to go with how big of a movie this ended up being, this movie made so much money that New Line Cinema was ready to go out of business. And this movie saved New Line Cinema <laughs> and became known as the house that Freddie built oh, because of that. So that that's how big of a movie the Nightmare on Elm Street. Became. I got another positive for this one. I, I've actually mentioned this before. I think it was in the Black Christmas uh, review that movies that try and sell you a message, you can go one of two ways. You can either go really subtle and stick your message in there where it's not like in your face or they can beat you over the head with their message to the point where you just want to shut the movie off. And this one, it was an example of they put their message in there in a manner so subtle. I think most people wouldn't even catch it. And it was, uh, they were, they were taking a shot at the Reagan administration at the time because mm -hmm. Reagan was, was pushing that family first, the, the nuclear family. And that was kind of a, the way they wrote this movie was, that the kids have a problem and they're telling their parents they have a problem and the parents are telling them they don't have a problem, but the parents actually created the problem. So it was actually a really complex way of, of selling that message and weaving it into the story in a really subtle artistic way. Well, it's going to be hard to pick up that message, you know, 35 years later too, True. when you're not True. living in the time in the time. So, but I, I, did, yeah, I, I did pick I, up on it though. I, I caught it as well, but it wasn't so in your face that it, it would bother you if you were one side or the other, but either way, it, dude, it's such a cool movie. You know, what, so you know what else I loved? So I think this is the beginning of the movie when he just holds up his hand and he goes, watch this. Yeah. Cuts yeah. off like, oh, fingers. <laughs> but it made no noise and it just squirts out the screen blood. <laughs> I, at first, I was like, there should have been a noise when you slice the finger. It was like, no, shing! Or yeah. like, it was just nothing. Just, fingers gone. And I, I, I was like, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm always messing with audio. I'm like the audio guy. But like, I'm like, there's just no sound effect whatsoever. And it's fine. <laughs> it was just such a goofy moment. Love it. dream. Dude, this movie was great. I, I loved it for all the reasons that I said before. I just love the idea that they established so many things that other slashers didn't establish. And again, the ending at the ending was weak, but I'm having a hard time not putting this at a five because the other movies that we're reviewing are so iconic as we go back to some of these classics. And this one by far is, is way above any of the other classics for me so far. We'll see where it goes, but for me, I'm just going to hop into a rating now. For me, it's a five. I loved it. Yeah. Love it every second of it. I'm going to also give this five Freddy gloves out of five. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> we're going to start coming up with things that he's got to draw. <laughs> <laughs> I give this five Freddy gloves on a panda bear while riding a <laughs> Thursday afternoon in February. So they had they had to to separate themselves from the other slashers because out of like all of the iconic slashers, I think this because, was the fourth one that came out. You because you had because Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween did nothing to separate themselves from each other. True, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Because exactly. you had 
you add Leatherface, and then you and then you add uh, Michael Myers, and you add Jason, and now you have Freddy. So they, they had to they had to set themselves apart. So it is a hybrid of slasher and psychological, I think, and it is it is almost a perfect movie. I give it a four point eight out of five, just because the ending I thought was disappointing. You're yeah, and you just named all the all the A list movies. There's right. a, another hundred, of course movies that are comparable to kids. I'm talking about Rushmore. Right. And in, in terms of Rushmore, but they, they had to establish that. It's gonna be interesting to see some of these other movies as we go on and, and rate more. Because believe it or not, Jesse, there is actually a nightmare on Elm Street that is universally considered the best of the bunch. And it's not this one. So I'm gonna be interested to see what your rating is when we get to that particular one. But any closing thoughts from anybody? I think we kind of hit mostly everything here. Yeah, no, I don't think I have anything to add without being redundant. All right, do we want to thank some of our patrons? And while we're pulling that up, just a reminder, this is coming out on a Friday. You can come see us at a convention in Plymouth, Mass. on October 28th, the Saturday, tomorrow. So come over there to the Mayflower Brewery and we will be there all day. You can come hang out, say hello. And then next week, Monday night, we're going to be live for a listener submitted ghost stories episode. And then Tuesday night, we're going to do a live horror movie review just because it's fitting. We are going to do the original Halloween, which you are not going to want to miss. One of us hates it. One of us likes it. And one of us is a mystery and we will see what uh, everyone's thoughts are on that movie then. Jesse, do you have the patrons? I do. So we have for our VIPs, Allison V, Anna C, Dakota G, Donnie N, Glitter T's, Cammy from Washington, Jeannie R. We have Jennifer P, Joseph S, Lisa J, Mal, Mike Oobliet, Blake, um, and Pops W, Nick, Robert H, Demon King. We have Inspires Gaming. Thank you so much for being VIPs. For the Warrens Wars, we have Amby Rose, Kath Q. We have Chris Connolly, LBPS founder, next HTGS guest. We have DC, Elizabeth Young, Eugene M, Lily, I Hate Rob. We have Jake V, Janice G. We have Jake the Folder King, Mar Fire, Papa Squatch, Rachel B. We have Rob Socks at Video Games. We have Sarah Cook, Siobhan, not Sharon, Steph A of the Church of the Stephanie, Stitch Kitten, Sydney B, the other Rachel B. And that is it for the Warren's Wards for the Ghost Pirate Mafia. We have Adam S. Al Capone. We have Al Capone's allegedly poorly taxidermied wife. I am nervous. One of these is missing. We have Alicia E. We have Anthony insert inside joke here. We have Arcade Hunters, Ashley M. Brandon W. Col- uh, Captain McSlugs. I have messed up Andrew's name the last five shows in a row. Captain <laughs> McSlugs. Colby has a shorter name, Crystal Quinn. Ghost Stories of the Paranormal Podcast. We have Hooska. Hooska. Huggy Bear, Joe R., Julie S., Kara, I don't know, Kelly. We have Kelly J., Marie R., we have Mark. We have Mark Toyman, Hunter Grape. We have Mina H., we have Mariah M., we have Paul from St. Louis. We have Plymouth Rocktober versus the Kiss Army and allegedly ACDC. Yikes. Plymouth Rocktober. <laughs> I like that because we talk about I Plymouth do. Rock so much. And we own October. the Kiss Army. What is the Kiss Army? The band Kiss. Did we talk shit about they're, Kiss? They're, no, I don't think we've ever talked about Kiss. Do you need to? The, the band Kiss, their fans are called the Kiss Army. The Kiss Army and allegedly ACDC. We have Pork. We have Rob's, pork. Dis- we have Rob's disappointed, inflatable friend. 
We have R, you know the drill. We have Sam Ball, Sharon V, Shitsky, Dave, Solar Flare, Soph Hooper, the Big Spag Nasty. We have the Black Eyed Gingers, allegedly poorly taxidermied Puckwudgie, and Wayne Christie. Thank you guys so much for being on Patreon. $3 a month to get you early access to this exact video. You could have got it earlier, but you weren't on Patreon, so do that. And uh, bonus content, we're going to be dropping some more history ghosts, history of ghosts before the end of October. That is my plan. Sorry, guys, I'm not setting you up for more work. I'll do it. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. I literally I... just started having a heart attack. I'm like, <laughs> I started hyperventilating. I'm like, when? We're when on the last week. <laughs> oh, God. What's, what's just a few more videos to produce for you guys? Anyways, we'll see you guys next time.